0: Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. I'm reading from Job chapter 1 and verse 8. It's a really happy book, Job. Um, Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man in all the earth. He's blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You've always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. That's the standard procedure for God, by the way. He wants to make you prosper in everything you do. Look how rich he is, but reach out and take away everything he has, and he'll surely curse you to your face. And uh, God actually said, okay, I, you think you know Job, I know Job uh, better than you do. I'm going to let you try this little experiment while he was still speaking. So Job chapter 1, later on, uh, we have some messengers come to Job with some bad news about his property and then... Verse 18, while this guy was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and daughters were feasting in their oldest brother's home. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness, hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children are dead. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. And then a little bit later, verse 7 of chapter 2, Satan uh, left the Lord's presence and struck Job with terrible boils from head to foot. And so Job, uh, the whole story of Job is, is all about... What are you choosing? What are you choosing to believe about God? What are you choosing to do about it? Where are you going to go with that? Yeah, so we're talking about freedom. I want to talk to you about the three things I do to, to lift any darkness off me because there's times when darkness can descend. I'm not sure if it happens to many of you guys. I'm hoping at least one of you uh, to make this whole thing worth doing. So, uh, Or you can take it and give it to a friend. All right. Yeah, so the three things that I do, I choose to believe the truth, I choose to declare the truth, and I choose to act on the truth. And they're choices that we made. And the first thing is to choose to believe it. And to cho- choice is an amazing thing. It's a, It's the greatest gift that God's given us. It's a defining difference between us and the rest of creation. All the whole universe, God said, right, I've defined the boundaries. It's like clockwork. It's like a Swiss... Uh, clock, Swiss watch, with the planets are going around and the things and the galaxies are moving. It's all set within boundaries. The animal and vegetable kingdoms, uh, everything is set within. They don't decide. They don't wake up in the morning and a daffodil and say, oh, look, I'm too tired. I'm going back to bed. No, they open up because God says you're going to do that. That's the way I've made you. But he says to us, you choose. You just you can decide. It's the greatest risk that God took was to give humans, his creatures, free will. He said, what do I want? Okay, for all eternity, I can either, I can have a whole lot of creatures that will be with me forever and love me because I force them to do that like little robots. Or I can give them completely free choice and those who want to be with me can choose to be with me. And the risk, of course, is that billions of people may not choose me, but billions of people will choose me. For the sake of those people, I think I'll go this way. And he gave us free choice. And uh, scientists are trying to, some scientists are trying to prove that we do not have free choice, that it's just DNA, it's just your DNA, it's your chemicals that are in your brain right now. They're deciding what you're choosing to do. You can't help it. It's the way you uh, have been raised. Uh, it's just there's, you don't actually choose. It's just forced on you by your chemicals, by your brain, by your synapses deciding. Those, uh, another group of scientists have shown, demonstrated um, with experiments that people who don't believe in free will or believe in it less are also more likely to steal, to lie, and to cheat, because hey, it's not my fault. I I couldn't help it. I I just had to to kill the guy, because you know I had a bad upbringing. You know I I couldn't help steal it because that, that's just the way I am. I can't choose, but God says choose. In fact, in Deuteronomy, um, did I give you guys this scripture? Deuteronomy thirty verse nineteen, it says. Today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and cursings. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. God says, it's up to you guys. It's your choice. That's my gift to you. And part of being free is knowing that you have the complete freedom. I remember uh, living in America as an exchange student a long time ago. My, one of my host mothers, a, a believer, a Christian lady, um, having a chat with her over a cup of tea or something. And she said, I said to her, you know, you're a strong, confident woman. And um, she said, uh, well, I wasn't always like that. In fact, all through primary school, I was the shyest child in the school. I didn't have any friends. I was very timid. I was always worried and fearful, anxious all the time and uh, when, we, when I got into about the second year of high school, my, our family changed moved state. And when I, on the day I was going to the school, even driving to the school, I made a decision. I'm not going to be that girl anymore. I'm not going to be her. I'm going to be new. I'm going to be a confident person. She made a choice. She made a decision. I'm going to be a confident person. I'm going to act like a confident person. I'm going to speak like a confident person. I'm going to treat people the way I saw confident people treat people. I'm going to make friends today, and she never looked back. Jesus said in uh, the book of John, do not let your heart be troubled. You have the choice. You have the choice. Do not let your heart be troubled. I mean, there's still issues to think about. There's uh, things we need to consider and weigh up, different things that are going on, issues that are concerned to us. But Jesus says, just don't be troubled by them. You can do that, but don't be troubled. And you make the choice. I'm going to choose not to be troubled. I'm just not going to worry about it. Wow. you serious, God? Can we really do that? Yeah. I'm telling you, make a decision. Don't be troubled by it. Another time in Sydney, uh, when we were up there for Bible College, we, we, we knew these two ladies, an older woman and a, and a younger uh, adult lady. And they had a, an issue, a problem came up. And the younger woman... Um, let the old woman down and, and offended her. And um, this, we talked to both of them, so we got the whole story. But the younger woman really upset this woman. <clears throat> and after a time, she came to her and said, I really want to apologize for the way I treated you. I'm, I'm really sorry about that. The older woman said to her, well, you know, I don't know how long it's going to take me to forgive you. And the younger woman, younger woman said the truth. She said, well, that is entirely up to you. It's entirely up to you. You know, it feels so good to hold on. Oh, this person has offended me. I have the right to feel offended. And I'm going to chew on, chew and chew on it. And it's going to be an issue for as long as I want it to be. It can be for 10 years. It can be for 10 months. It can be for 10 minutes. And some of us here today, you need to make a decision. As Melanie said, uh, the Holy Spirit led her to say as well, okay, yes, you need need to forgive. And so just make a decision today. If you are offended by somebody and it's been some sort of offense, just decide today. Put a time limit on it. Okay? Okay, I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to be angry for... One more year, and then that's it. I'm letting it go. I'm going to focus on the rest of my life. Or you can say I'm going to let's say one month. I give myself one month of pain and anger, righteous anger. Or you can say I'm going to say one more week. That's it, one week. Sometimes we say to each other, "Okay, we'll be be upset for another five minutes. I'll give you five minutes. I think you can stretch it out that far." The reason I'm talking about this, is, as I mentioned before, is that I sometimes the darkness descends and, and I'll just wake up with these negative thoughts. I'm sure it doesn't happen to you, but just, just for people who you might know, you can think about them. My, uh, my dark thoughts are, are of choice. You know, these are things that can slide you down the slippery slope into the toilet bowl of anxiety uh, with the drain plug of melancholy, going down into the surge system of depression. You want to... Get out of that toilet bowl. Don't press the button. That's the wrong way to get out of a toilet bowl. <laughs> just stick some dynamite down there and then run. My, the thoughts, things like this. Nothing seems to be working. Or the, the typical oldest child syndrome. I want to be in complete control of my every detail of my life. And I can't seem to be across everything. You know, there's some things that are, that are beyond me. And it's really annoying me. I can't control it. I can't get it. Everything's got to be perfect. They take me down into anxiety. How about you? For some people it might be things are not as good as I want them to be. Things are not, I'm not where I expected to be at this age. I thought I'd be into my third million dollars, not still working on my first. You know. I thought I'd have some more kids by now. or Some kids, I thought I'd be married by now. And these things can cause anxiety. And down into the toilet bowl we go. Other people have a better life than me. They have more than me. They seem to be better off than me. They can send us down. Past issues. Somebody hurt me, as I said. Somebody was hurt by me. I failed at something important. I got the sack. And now I'm no good. You know, that's, These are thoughts that can hit us. And these are things that are, are like spiritual junk food to our mind. Uh, and instead of going to the fridge and carefully selecting some good thoughts, some carrot thoughts and broccoli thoughts—yes, even broccoli thoughts—we just go to the drive-through. And we just we just say, "Oh, just just give me some, give me a double powerless with small past dishes on the side." <laughs> it's cheap. It tastes good. I want some hot. Comparison cakes with some extra unmet expectations. I want a large self condemnation with an unworthy shake. You get that, please. I need a classic offence with a couple of rehash memories. Give me those. I just want to eat those. The problem with eating those things is that we get we get carb up. We get bloated. You know, we start floating around life with carrying too much baggage. We need to exercise, get rid of it, exercise some faith. When you say, I'm not going to eat that rubbish anymore, I'm going to go to the fridge, I'm going to stand there looking for the pizza, but deciding on the carrot, deciding on something healthy, deciding on the truth. Why? Because it's in my power to do that. I have the choice. I have the choice. I choose. The, tr- the, the truth, God's greatest risk was free will, as I said. Job chose to believe the truth. In one scripture, he says there, I'm going to hold on to my righteousness. I'm going to hold on to it. All his friends were condemning him. He said, no, I'm going to hold on to this. Of all the millions of thoughts that I could be thinking right now, I'm going to choose that one. And you have the choice at any moment to decide what you're going to think about right now. Choose something healthy. Choose something good. Number two, I declare it. God spoke and his world came into existence. We speak and our inner world comes into existence. God's had the word. The word was Christ. He spoke the word and the world was made through him. And we speak Christ over our lives and we create our world. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to speak it. When I'm feeling dark, I start choosing that. I'm not going to think about that or that or that. I'm not going to think those junk food thoughts. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to choose that. And now I'm going to speak it over my life. God loves me. That's one of the most powerful thoughts that I can speak. Go off up into Mount Ainsley just say, God loves me. God loves me. I don't know why, but he does. I'm good enough in Christ. I speak Christ over my life. You know, all things are working together for good. It might not feel like it, but they are. I believe it. I declare it. I declare it. It's power in declaration. And uh, C.S. Lewis wrote the great Narnia series. They're bringing out Silver Chair soon in the next episode. Melanie and I just keep finding that we can't help but shed a few tears whenever we see these stupid movies, Uh, especially when Aslan's talking. He represents Christ. Anyway, in the Silver Chair. Aslan, some of his followers are down trying to find someone, rescue someone from a dungeon, you know, a, a world of underground world, under in the caverns and caves underground. There's just a ceiling on the world of dark rock. They don't know any different down there. <clears throat> but these people have come in and they know the truth. Anyway, they set someone free. They go into a room and set this guy free. Anyway, while they're trying to get him out, this evil witch who runs the world comes in, sneaks in, sneaks over to the fireplace drops some woofle dust into the fireplace and now the whole room starts being filled with a sickly sweet aroma that's making them kind of half sleepy. And then she starts lying to them. Where did you say you come from? Uh, oh, we come from over the world, over the top. Well, what do you mean you come from over the top? Well, there's another world. There's another world. That sounds like a dream. No, no, we've been there. We, we've seen it. Well, what have you seen? Well, we've seen the sky. Well, what's the sky? Well, it's kind of, it's kind of nothing. It's nothing. What do you mean it's nothing? That, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, well, we've seen the sun. What do you mean? What's the sun? Well, it's this huge light. Well, where is it? Well, it's hanging in the sky. What do you mean it's hanging in the sky? What's holding it up? And she's just feeding them just the way, same as the devil did to Eve. You know, how, did you believe? Can you believe what God said? Would He do that? If so, a loving God would He deny you this truth? It doesn't. I think He's trying to hold something out from you, and this witch keeps hitting them. What are you here for? Well, Aslan says, Who's Aslan? He's a talking lion. A, a what? A talking lion? How could you believe in a talking lion? Well, yeah, right. right. Does sound a bit crazy. And then at one point, one of them, in a last-ditched effort at remaining conscious, declares. And it's the same thing we need to do in our lives at times. Sometimes it's a last-ditch effort in our consciousness. No, no, I declare the truth. And he says, no, no, I've seen it. I've met him. And, and his world is more important than anything I can see here. It's more real to me. And so I know that you, even though you may sound convincing, you do not know. Sometimes we need to say that there are people in this world right now who are saying, are you Christians, it's just a fairy tale. What do you know? Did Jesus even exist? Some people are trying to prove he didn't even exist. How could that happen? Sounds like it's make-believe. How could you believe that? And there are some Christians who are worried. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's not true. Right. No, declare. I know that I've met him. I've met him. And if you haven't met him, you need to meet him. You need to have the touch and say, yeah, I know that I know, that I know, I've met him. And his world is more important than this world. It's more real to me than this world, than anything I can see. And we declare it over our lives. The last thing I do is act the truth. We just act as if it's true. Act confident, like this woman did. I'm just going to say, I'm a confident person now. And I'm going to act like a confident person. You know, that's a step of faith sometimes. I'm just going to, I'm going to choose to believe that my marriage is a good marriage. I'm going to declare that my marriage is getting better and is a good marriage. And I'm going to act like my marriage is a good marriage. Uh, by the way, the Gottman Institute in New York have done research over 40 years. They've done thousands of couples and they, they can now predict with 94% accuracy when they meet a newly married couple whether that couple will divorce in the next 10 years. Amazing, 94% accuracy. And they have a simple, some simple things observing that they do. Okay, anyway, look it up. No, I'll tell you what they found. They found that the key ingredient that they look for is... How does he react when she raises a topic? How does he respond? How does she respond when he raises a topic? Is if I raise a topic and Melanie's on the uh, mobile phone, texting, and I say some important thing to me, it's important enough to say, uh, and she goes, yeah, that's great, right? That is what the people they put in, the, they made two uh, groups of couples. One were the masters and one were the disasters. The disasters have that sort of response. Yeah, great. The masters, well, as my wife is, will stop whatever they're doing and say, what? well, that's, that's fantastic. It's awesome. And, go up and we talk about it. Actually, our kids mock us sometimes. Because we take so much notice of everyone, every little thing we, each of us says all the time. Well, darling, there's a, uh, we just drove past a, a tree with leaves still on it. You know, That's amazing. Yeah, I sort of leave. You know. Now kids are going, what are you talking about? i tell you what we're talking about. It's one word, kindness. And they, they have a kindness sort of scale. And they say the masters are kind. The disasters don't care. They don't care about the little things. It's the detail of our actions, the detail of our actions. You know, the, in the masters, they, uh, when one person brings some good news, the other person celebrates. When one person brings some sad news, the other person mourns. That'll make your, your marriage stronger, just that one thing. Take note of the little details. Act out that you have a good marriage, small steps. Sometimes we need to act out, may involve making reparations. When I feel guilty for the way I treated somebody, it might mean going back to them 10 or 20 years later. I spoke to a guy this week in our church who said a great weight lifted off his shoulders when he went back as a 28-year-old to a shop owner who he stole from as a 14-year-old and apologised and offered to pay for what he'd stolen. A weight lifted off him. Why? Because when you act the truth, something happens. Do whatever you are doing faithfully, believing that God wants you to do it. As long as I'm here, as long as it's very clear, I'm going to act as if my job really matters. Because whatever I do, I do it as if I'm doing it for God. I make that choice. Job in verse uh, in, uh, let's go to Job 42.10. When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. When Job decided, I'm going to choose to forgive my friends, I'm going to pray out loud and declare my forgiveness to my friends, and I'm going to actually get on my knees and do it. Faith without works is dead. When he did that, as soon as he did that, the floodgates opened and God restored his life. And perhaps there are people here right now today and until you take these steps, until you choose the truth, until you speak the truth, and until you do the truth, uh, there's a blessing, a huge blessing waiting for you. All you have to do is those three things. And the huge weight can be lifted off you and you're ready to be blessed. There's quite a lot of people in the Bible who who got depressed, who went into the toilet bowl. Elijah was there, Moses was there. I chose Job, he's quite an extreme case. He had so much ripped off him. And yet God knew that even after all the circumstances changed that Job would freely choose to trust God. He would freely choose, I know I'm going to I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. He declared it over his life. My Redeemer lives. If he wants to do this to me, fine. I trust him. And that's what we need to be like as well. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.